This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistance like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Hey, this is Kristen Merlin, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast that shares the stories of creatives to inspire our listener. I'm your host, Steph Pham. My guest is an exceptional country artist from Nashville. She was a contestant on The Voice, making it onto Team Shakira. Since then, she's released her own music, including the latest single, Shame. I really encourage you to listen to this episode because you can hear Kristen's enthusiasm. And beyond that, you can really tell that she's an artist who wants to do something big with her music. She wants to have a purpose with her music. It's a really chill conversation, but also has really important message in it about being authentic to who you are and also just being really passionate with the causes that are close to your heart. So sit back, relax, enjoy in this conversation featuring Kristen Merlin. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. My guest today is Kristen Merlin. Kristen, thank you so much for being my guest. Thanks for having me. When did your musical journey begin? Lord, I've been told that it began the second I was born. I was that screaming child in a nursery <laughs> and they had no idea what was wrong with me. So I always joke and tell everybody I was simply warming up my vocals. I was just preparing myself for the life of singing that was ahead of me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just like warming up your lungs, warming up those vocal cords. We got to do our vocal warm ups, keep our voice healthy, even from the early start. Yes. <laughs> Most of us know you from The Voice. How did that experience of being coached, performing, and being creative on a national stage shape you as an artist? That was a pretty wild experience. Not only was it the most amazing thing I've ever done, but the most stressful thing I think I've ever been through my whole life. But it was great because you had so many moments where you were growing as an artist, just learning so many different things as far as like how to really work a stage or how to be on camera in front of millions of people that you couldn't see or how to walk a red carpet or do radio interviews. So it was pretty wild. And uh, so just there's a lot of different facets that you began to learn and grow and shift as you went along. So let's backtrack a little bit. Um, growing up, did you study music in school or was that an on, on the side hobby or like how did music fit into you growing up? The music was always something that was around for me. My mom would always like sing around the house, but she would also, you know, she was singing in the church choir and whatever that. So, but that was also everything music related I wanted to get into as far as drama classes, chorus classes, um, acapella groups. And so wherever music was like that, I wanted to be a part of it. And I threw myself in the mix of all of that leading up into auditioning for the voice and, and carrying on that way. But um, any open mic nights, karaoke nights, like you found me there a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> 
And I think that's like a lot of us, like uh, what what we in the industry call paying your dues or just you got to start from somewhere, have a base, have a foundation, and then you work your way up into, you know, the next tier of the industry. Definitely. There's a grind that happens and it's always a grind on any level that you're at, to be honest, because you, you know, you reach one level and you want to go for something else. So there's another grind to get there. And then you see that level and you want to get to somewhere else. So it's always a constant, you know, not that you're not satisfied when you achieve your goals, but once you get there, it's like, okay, but how can I better myself now? Because you can always better yourself no matter where you're at. Exactly. And it's not so much that you are in competition with other people, but versus you're, you're in competition with yourself almost, like to better yourself, to get yourself, you know, to evolve from where you were previously to, you know, further your next step in your artist career. 100%. And I think that's the healthiest kind of competition because sometimes when you pick yourself up against other people, you, you, tend, you might tend to get down on yourself a little bit, you know, but when you're up against yourself, you you got this. Like you absolutely know that you've accomplished it before and you can do it again and you're not, you're not too far from reaching the next step. You've gotten to perform with incredible artists such as Sugarland, Kelly Pickler, and Shakira. How have those experiences affected you as an artist getting to perform with those amazing incredible artists it's pretty crazy because at the time i don't think of them as being these like major stars it, in that moment we're both artists on stage performing our craft and and doing what we do best and so it's afterwards when it hits me like man i was just on stage with shakira are you kidding me like what or i just opened for kelly pickler like that's bananas and i'm hanging out with her on our tour bus afterwards like that's the kind of stuff that it does not compute until it's already happened which is good because i think if it were to hit me while i was doing it i'd freak out <laughs> no, no same exactly the same it's kind of like the same thing with my show i get to talk to amazing people like yourself and then i'm like i'm having these really amazingly chill conversations and it doesn't hit me until after the fact like like, wow i just spoke with that person i actually talked to that person and they might have been somebody that i looked up to or whatever and like you said enjoying it in the moment is so much better because you're free of expectation of oh i gotta sound perfect or i gotta do this to be perfect in front of this person but just enjoying that moment is like the best right but then all realization that they're humans just the same you know so you kind of you might be doing different things and having more successes in different areas or whatever but at the end of the day y'all put your pants on the same way exactly exactly (laughs) now that a little time has passed since the voice what what has post voice life been like for you it's been awesome. I actually moved from Boston down to Nashville um, after The Voice, and I fell in love with Nashville because when I came here, I got to see the side of the true artistry as far as the the writing, and because um, I went to a lot of writers' rounds and hearing hearing music that you've never heard before, but it was absolutely incredible. I was like, I want to be that. I want to be in that circle. I want to be part of that. I want to be on those stages, and and I've been lucky enough to to be part of all those things and be in circles of people who have had great successes already like Luke Combs. I used to play stages with Luke Combs when I moved to town. Morgan Wallen was on my season of The Voice and we came to town together, you know? So to, to watch your friends rise up is pretty amazing. And then to be hopefully on that verge of that next group to break is, is pretty cool too. One thing I noticed when I watch you perform is that you're extremely connected to your audience. How have you seen audiences react to that kind of interaction and sense of community when they come to your shows? 
That is my favorite part of having fans and having them like live in person. Like COVID was interesting because I still had fans, but we were virtual, which is still amazing. You know, I got to reach people that I would not have actually reached in person doing the same thing I was before. So then when I actually see them now or even previous, the energy that goes back and forth, the exchange that we have, like when we have that connectivity, it's beyond words. And also to hear stories of how music has moved them or just coming to a show and just losing themselves for like an hour and a half or whatever. That's all they needed. They didn't even know they needed it, but they were like, man, coming to your show made me forget about all my troubles for the day. Or it just, it's everything I needed to hear in all the songs that you sang or the energy was just everything I wanted. People think that I must be on like the craziest, like caffeine high on the planet. But what it really is, is I just love music and I get so excited and I'm super passionate about it. And so I feel like a little Mexican jumping bean when I'm on stage. If I'm with my band, like I, I'm all over the place. You can't put me like, I cannot stand still to save my life. <laughs> so it's interesting, but playing a solo show, it's, it's uh, my feet constantly move because I'm stuck behind the mic stand, but something has to be moving. <laughs> and I totally get that. And you're right. It's like the best form of escapism. When we go see our artists or we, we like, we interact with them it's just leaving our problems and troubles at the door and just being in that room where people you enjoy the music you enjoy like the energy and the spirit that is going in there and again that's a a huge reason why a lot of us creatives create to kind of gain that sense of community and feel like we're not alone absolutely and that's the coolest thing is to create a space where people feel like they belong and you know it's a safe space for everyone just to be themselves and just like let loose and have fun Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned um, performing virtually during quarantine and you used features like uh, the live features on Instagram and TikTok to stay connected with your fans. How did those features on social media help your relationship when we were all in this crazy chaotic time? It was a really great way to reach out to people and let people know like you're still seen, you're still heard, like we're still together, even though Physically, it can't be a thing. Um, But again, like I said, it brought me into different homes of people that I I normally wouldn't. I joined the TikTok train late. Like it was probably almost a year ago now, but you know, July rolled around. I was like, what is this all about? Like, all right, fine. I'll, you know, I'll give it a whirl. And it was incredible. So I'm literally hearing back from people all over the world. And that's not where I had planned to tour. So I wouldn't have never reached those people if I wasn't, you know, using the the platforms that are available to us. So I thought it was a pretty great time to be in as weird as it was. It made me reevaluate, like, how do I connect with people? Like, how do I connect with different people? And that's, it was a really cool avenue to go down. Did you see like a interesting country pop up whenever or somebody from an interesting country pop up whenever you were doing these virtual things that you're like, whoa, I never thought I had an audience there. All over. I can't, I can't remember all of them, but um, it's just funny to, to know I'm in like, I'm in Australia or I'm in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada or whatever. Like I'm all over the place, like random places or I can't remember. There was some crazy one. I, could, I probably couldn't even pronounce it correctly, but um, it, it just, I, blew my mind. I was like, when I'm where? You're listening where? What time is it? You know, like it was like totally different time zones, everything. Like they're probably in the next day. It's wild. <laughs> you just released your single Shame, which is this powerful anthem. I, and I want you to tell me about writing that song. It must have been such a powerful and honest, cathartic process creating that single. It was an interesting process. It was not even planned out, to be honest. Like you never know what's going to happen in a write. And I got into this room with Cat Gravit and Jake Rose. I'd never written with them before. So it, here we are 
I'm a stranger in their world because they've written together. And it's kind of like an awkward first date where you have to like kind of get to know each other really quick and be productive and write a song. So she starts asking all these questions, but firstly she said, I don't want to write commercial stuff right now. I just want to work. I want to write something raw and I want to write something real. So just tell me about you. And we had honest moments and I'm just like spewing out, well, you know, my heart and soul there. And she would ask certain questions, especially like, what are your struggles or what have you, your hurdles been being an openly gay artist in the country world? And uh, so as I babbled on, I had said, you know, I'm more than who I hold hands with, blah, blah, blah. And she said, wait, 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 what is that? And I said, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> so we backtracked a little bit and she's like, that's the song. That's what we're going to write about. So that's, we took that one line and kind of ran with it and just continued to just dig in and, and go off of legitimate feelings and experiences and whatnot and, and created this whole song, which wasn't even intended to be an anthemic song and ended up being a really powerful message with, uh, it wasn't, it, it's not too preachy, but it, it, you know, it's something that's powerful enough to become something like that. Was it hard or challenging to be that vulnerable in, in a creative space? Because I know for a lot of creatives, we, we like to share of our emotions, but that it's so hard for us, a lot of us to just unpack a lot of vulnerable things. So was it challenging to be that personal during writing? It's always- you always run the risk because you're putting everything on the line kind of deal. But if you're not willing to do that, you're in the wrong line of business. Honestly, if you're trying to be a legit songwriter, who's going to write honest, raw things, you have to just be bearing your soul there and, um, entrusting that the people there are going to tread lightly, you know, and, and not crush your soul <laughs> with everything that you're saying. But, um, if you don't have those moments, then I think you kind of lose the essence of what the song's supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're partnering with the uh, Human Rights Campaign for the single, and I, I feel like that's so important. So why did you choose that organization in particular for the single? They're incredible. If you just dive into a little bit of what they, they got going on, what they stand for and who they are and just the love and support that they've got for everybody. And this is not just LGBT. There's just a whole slew of everything, but equality, you know, and that's a huge thing that we all strive for. And I feel like just as humans, you always want to feel like you belong. Like innately, we are driven to fit in. We want to fit in. Even if we go against the grain sometimes and and you end up kind of finding a group that maybe still going against the grain with you, but you always want to find people that are similar to your thoughts, your beliefs or whatever. And, and, uh, so their love and support that they show everyone is something that I really gravitated towards because it's kind of how I operate and what I want my fans and, and friends and family to feel for me. So it's like showing your a sense of your ethos or who you are and then like using that and partnering it with your creativity. I love that. And it's just and doing it for something bigger than you at the end of the day. A, yeah. A cause that's bigger than you. And that's the thing. I feel like it, the gift I've been given was given to me for a reason. I always feel like I was meant to move the masses with music and it's not for me, although I get most enjoyment out of it and I have the deepest passion for what I do, but I feel like it's not meant for me. I'm meant to, to sing a song for somebody or to write a song for somebody to that's going to move the hearts of, of someone who needed to hear that in that moment. And I've had those experiences with that song since writing it. Um, I've had one particular moment. I remember playing out a show, Alley Taps, downtown Nashville. And I didn't even know who was in the audience, wasn't planning to sing the song. And afterwards, this big old burly man comes over to me, tears in his eyes and wants to shake my hand. And he thanks me. And I was like, oh, no problem, man. Thanks for coming out to the show. And he said, no, 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 no. Like, 
that song, Shame, just changed everything for me. And I had no idea what he was talking about. He said, you know, I'll be honest, I've always been one that had a certain view on your lifestyle and everything, and I didn't, I didn't agree with it. And he's struggled with that whole idea of accepting that whole thing, and he's just had a very strong stance against it. But he said, I'll never think of it the same way again, and I can't wait to have a conversation with my daughter. And he's tearing up, and I was like, man, I had head-to-toe chills. And so I don't know what that really meant for him and his daughter, whether she's also part of the community or she, you know, made such an impact on him in that moment. And that is every bit of why I do what I do. And that is a constant reminder of little moments like that, that, you know, it's, that's far bigger to me than the big picture. Absolutely. I think, um, I was watching an interview with, uh, Darren Chris, who I adore. And he said that he said something that connected with me and it's that we are in the business of empathy. And absolutely, you know, like no matter what kind of creative you are, I think at the end of the day, kind of like what you were saying, like the art that we release into the world isn't, well, it is ours, but then we, it becomes the public as well once it's out in the world. And so just being able to share with people and like, that was so beautiful about, you know, him resonating with it and just having a different perspective after hearing that, that's exactly, that's the reason why we do what we do is just to kind of open up lenses for people and just to see things from a different perspective and being open-minded that's exactly why we do what we do sometimes music is the the best way to go about doing that because a conversation can happen and not always is it received in the ways that you want it to be but sometimes when people hear it subconsciously it does things and they don't even realize it until later on and you know it makes it click in a different way than if someone were to come at them and almost you know immediately have people put up their defenses you know at the time that we're recording this, this, it's Pride Month. How have you been celebrating Pride Month? Gosh, you celebrate Pride every which way possible, whether it's just with friends and family or just, again, it's a lot of just connecting with fans and, and people online. And um, if we can get together, we haven't had the Pride celebrations like we used to have, you know, and I'm hopeful to see that kind of coming through as, as time goes on and things continue to get better. But it's just celebrating people in general and, and then also just recognizing this community as a whole and, and celebrating everyone and just loving on each other even more now than usually throughout the year. A hundred percent. And I think, yeah, like, I think it's just such a time where we, we have to even keep it going, even though like we're not able to celebrate as we used to in the past, but like just keeping it going and keeping it at the forefront in awareness that like it is Pride Month and we're going to celebrate it. I think it's just so important. It's so important for like the like the energy and the spirit of what's going on right now. And yeah, like, I love it. I love it. Celebrate it any which way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so it looks different for everybody at the moment, but it's, it's nice to see people still giving that recognition to like, this is a specific time and let's like amp it up a little bit more. Did you have anyone in your inner circle or support system that inspired you to be your authentic self? What's funny is that normally people will probably say like, my family is number one support and things, whatever, which they do support me. But honestly, over the years, it was more friends and perfect strangers that really inspired me to continue to just be me, especially in the beginning. And we all became a part of this whole group. A lot of my fans, I call them Merlin Nation. And, um, they're just absolutely beautiful humans and they're all over the map when they're, you know, they're toddlers literally that just like jam out to my music because their parents are playing it. And then there's the 
And literally, I have coming out to my shows and having a so the gamut and it's really beautiful to see everybody just come together for the main purpose of having fun with music can you tease us any future plans that you might be able to share at this time so i love the idea of the release of shame and it's always exciting but it's funny because as soon as that comes out you're already thinking 10 steps ahead like what's coming next so there's a couple of different songs are tossing around as far as what's coming pipeline one in particular that I think would be a really great summertime fun song um, called Sugar Rush. And I had just posted a little snippet of that. So if, uh, if y'all go to my socials at Kristen Merlin, you'll find that. And if you guys want to jump in and let me know, like, yay, nay, like I should go in the studio and record it, let me know because I'm always interested. Like, what do the fans want? What do y'all want to hear? Because then that's what I want to put out. We love fan interaction and just like fan-driven content. Love it. Love 100%. Because I'm putting the stuff out that I like, but nobody else wants to listen to. I mean... That's selfish of me. <laughs> so I want to do what everybody else, you know, like what are you guys fiending for? And I want to, I want to put that out for you guys. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, it's just been such a delight speaking with you. You are an incredible human being. I love how much you uh, encourage authenticity and empowerment. And it's been such a genuine pleasure speaking with you. I've reached my final question for you and it's a, a little bit of a huntinger. I hope you got a chance to think about it. If you ran into your 18 year old self, and was able to tell her three words, what would you tell her? You'll make it. You'll make it. And that and that resonates for just so many different things because I struggled with a lot of, uh, you know, depression and bullying and uh, trying to fit in because I came out when I was 16. So if I could tell myself anything, it's just, you'll make it. And, uh, you know, because on the other side, there are beautiful things. And I haven't even seen all of the things just yet, but... That's definitely something that stays true to this day. Oh, man. I So, oh, that just hit right here. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, Kristen, you are such a gem. I'm going to give you the floor, and you can tell our listener where to find you on social media, uh, where they can listen to your music, and, yeah, go ahead and plug away, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure. And y'all can find me at KristenMerlin.com or just on socials are at Kristen Merlin, except for Facebook. I made it really weird. It's Kristen Merlin Music. But uh, I am on all, all platforms for wherever you guys consume music. You can find everything. I've got three different things out now, two EPs. One's called Boomerang. The next one is Humans Being. And my latest single is called Shame. And we love it. We love it. Pop in our lounge. Kristen, thank you so much for speaking with me. I appreciate being here. This is awesome. Special thanks to Kristen for being this week's guest. The takeaway from this conversation is to not be afraid of who you are and embracing who you are. So much of being a creative is hinging on others' opinions when we really should just focus on what we like about what we create and also who we are as creatives as well. So I really hope that you took away something from this conversation with Kristen. If you want to learn more about Kristen, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and Vico. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Pham serves as the host and editor. To learn more about Popner Lounge, visit our website at popnerlounge.com. You can follow us on all social media at Popner Lounge. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Pham.